This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to the radio's premier football show. As listened to around the world. Mm. Uh, we've got to talk it up. <laughs> and uh, with us today, we've got two, a front two. We have Sean Mahotra. Hello, hello, hello. Everyone had a great weekend of games. Except for Sean Mahotra. Yep. Uh, we'll find out more in a moment. And we have KL City's defender, Giancarlo Galafuco. Hello, hello, hello. I Once again, Cam, I want to say I absolutely love it when you say my full name. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, how else can one say it? Because everyone just cheats and says GG, but when you say my full name, it's, it, honestly, it sounds like you're fluent in Italian. See. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Si>. um, <laughs> so we're going to start with, and we're going to give a bit of time to this one, actually. We're going to be doing Premier League and the Champions League, well, the European matches that are coming up, and we're also going to find out about KL City's route to the FA Cup. We're going to start with... Sean, your team, Manchester United 1, Brighton 3. Now, uh, Kishnan is not here, Mr. Mm. Calm, Mr. Mm. I'm not going to press the panic button. Mm -hmm. So, please, press the panic button. <laughs> not going to happen. You know, I, I wanted to start off the show today with uh, a thought in mind. There's a lot of fans online who, who want Eric Ten Hag out, and the only thing I have to say is the cliche of trust the process needs to, to stick in because with United, it's been repeat the process more than trust the process and you don't want to go through this cycle of let's get rid of this manager because it's not working now and get someone else in works for a little bit and then once it starts going downhill again we just repeat the process it was a bad game you know I, I've come out here and, and defended the actions Eric Ten Hag has made many, many a time but on Saturday what happened in that game in terms of tactics in terms of player personnel I think there were so many things wrong to come out before the game and say that you're going to try a new system against one of the best technical sides in the league is you know you're shooting yourself in the foot and it showed yes the first everyone keeps talking about how well United played in the first 17 minutes but Roberto De Zerbi literally saw the the issue within that 17 minutes fixed it and they were in full control of the game after that so uh, Gigi I want to ask you I want to ask in a moment, I want to ask really about directors of football because um, Gary Neville was talking and he gets pretty passionate about these things. Uh -huh. uh, and he was saying that the problem as he sees it was that each new manager comes in and has a whole new philosophy, has a whole new team, and then they're gone. Next person comes along. There's no uh, consistency. There's no vision. I mean, do, do, do you think that that's what the issue is or is it just that... It's a bad manager and a bad team. I was actually about to ask Sean because I was going to say to you, I, what do you deem the realistic expectation? Because I think that's the... I think Chelsea suffer from the same curse, but all the... Especially the young fans, all you know of Chelsea and all you know of Man United is them being a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. So now there's coaches coming in and we keep... The bar is still at Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. And no one is ever going to do that again, ever. No. It's an impossible... I think that is... For one club, right? For one club, well, that Pe is impossible. Pep Guardiola is doing that now? But Sir Alex Ferguson for so long... Mm -hmm. to be 27 so, years. ...to be so dominant. And now I think... Yes, I, I, I agree with you. Also, Manchester City 
has spent in a lot of money, have the best players, and that and then that that kind of snowballs because you, you keep winning, you pull the better players. But I feel like every time Man United gets a new coach, they keep thinking, oh, and then everybody buzzes up and Rio Ferdinand starts talking, and they dig it, and then they spend a lot of money. He starts to get the philosophy, starts immediate change, exciting problems, problems out, and they start again. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I think there has to be a change of tone. What? Where are we trying to sit? Because we're not going to do Sir Alex Ferguson again. No, uh, I mean that was that was a dream. It was actually a dream you never had, Sean, because you were too young to watch most of that poor <laughs> <laughs> thing. But uh, can I ask about director of football? It's something Sean you've said in the past. It's something actually I'm not entirely sure what a director of football does. Hmm. All right. So, from my understanding, of what a director of football does is. It starts from the very top all the way down, right? If you want to have a proper footballing institution, not just a brand, and you put football as your end-all, be-all, the focus of the club, the owners literally need to hire the right people in place. So a director of football has the same vision as the coach in line, gets the players in, gets the players out, how they're supposed to set up, how they're supposed to play. That's them as a footballing institution. You've seen the likes of... um, you know, we don't need to look at the bigger clubs. No, Brighton. Yeah, we can use Brighton as a great example. And the reason why I think they have such a great idea of how they want to play is because we talked so well about them when Graham Potter was there, right? And once he left to Chelsea and Roberto De Zerbi came in, I'm going to mention about all those pundits in the UK who kept saying that De Zerbi comes in for a little while and then he leaves, you know? He's come in, he's made that team 10 times better than Europe right now. Against United, they missed six players. Six players, a right back was playing at left back, and they still operated the same exact way, the same exact intensity. That's the great thing about having a proper footballing institution with a so, director of football. So, so he then chooses the, the manager who will continue to play like, say, Wimbledon in the 1980s, <laughs> if that's what they want. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's an identity. But yeah. have you, Gigi, as a, as a player, have you played in clubs with directors of football? Yes, and, and they, um, they vary in their power. They vary in their power. Some, uh, some of them are, have been told from the boss that you're controlling how much the coach spends. Sometimes you're controlling what the coach, uh, if uh, the coach is to stay or if he's to go. There's, there's certain, uh, let's say it varies with how much influence they have. But I think Sean said it perfectly where their main objective is that I'm trying to make sure that this new coach comes in and within your style, we follow our identity. Mm. Within your style, I'm selected you to continue on the identity that we we have or we've developed or whatever. And with Dzebbi, they've done that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be a problem with United, mm. that I think I don't know United's identity. Yeah, I mean, certainly if you ever employ Jose Mourinho, then you don't know what your identity is. So uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, though, speaking of uh, Mourinho, we're going to talk about Tottenham Hotspur here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with me, Cam, and Sean, and Gigi. Uh, sorry, Giancarlo. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Giancarlo. And uh, so we're going to talk about Tottenham Hotspur 2, Sheffield United 1. I thought it was a great game, mm. uh, especially the last, what, uh, extra time, second <laughs> half. Amazing. And it was, it was Spurs being not Spursy. Uh, this was 
re reminiscent of Fergie time, and it made me wonder, is this the stuff of champions? Guys, I know it's five games, <laughs> but an Australian manager is coming second in the Premier League. <laughs> I know all the listeners out there, you can't see me, but I, you'd understand how excited I am. This is something I could never fathom in my life. We're talking about Ange Ball, and he's doing well. That is incredible. And I, I, obviously I watched the game and I don't want to... Sheffield were really defensively solid, especially that first half. Tottenham tried to hold a lot of the ball, tried to annoy him. There's a midfielder for Spurs, Bissouma. Mm -hmm. Solid. And he's unbelievable. Beast. Unbelievable. And he was quiet in the first half. They didn't allow him to cause too much trouble and I had seen him destroy teams the last four games. So really, obviously, stoked how it turned out. Sheffield had their chances. There was a header for Ollie McBurney that I thought he he definitely should have scored. He'll be watching that all night after the game. But that character that they kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting, and they mm. won the game. So happy for Richarlison, obviously, with the goal and the assist. So happy with him in the celebration. But something that I re really stood out to me about this Spurs team that I don't think I've ever seen is I saw them frustrated that they wanted to uh, put the foot on the neck of, she of Sheffield. I saw Madison so angry when people didn't pass him the ball. And it was like not a kind of anger that you don't like your teammate. It's a kind of anger that we want to demolish this team. That is so dangerous. When you're like that, you start to feel invincible. That is the old man united. It is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That is that team that they're not satisfied with one or two or three. Now, obviously, they win 2-1. But it was the fact that they were dominating possession. I think at the point that I'm talking about in the first half, they had seven shots on target to Sheffield's two or something. You know, you, you have the feeling the game is going in your favor, but they looked annoyed and I loved that. I loved that, that you go in at halftime, you say, nah, nah, we need, we, we need to win, we need to win. Mm. I have not seen Spurs no. like that before, ever. No. Uh, I mean, Sean, you'd, you'd agree, wouldn't you? No, it's hard to disagree. And if I'm being completely, like, unbiased about it, the fight back from Spurs was incredible. They didn't deserve to go down 1-0, first and foremost. They did not deserve to go down 1-0. But that fight back, it was constant, constant pressure from Spurs. And it was rewarded. I mean, we could be talking, if this was 12 months ago, those two goals don't happen mm -hmm. because you don't get ludicrous 12 minutes of time added on, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is pretty much extra time at the World Cup. Yeah. But you take it as what it is, two great goals. And Richarlison needed it more than anything. And I really wanted to talk about Richarlison today mm. because I'm a Brazil fan since way back. And to see him suffer the way he suffered and the abuse he's gotten as well, he needed this. He needed this this jump start. Now I'm not saying he's gonna go on and score twenty goals this season, but he needed that in front of those fans and Hyungmin Son being the great captain he is now, taking over from Harry Kane, took him towards the, the Spurs fans, celebrated with them. He needed it. He really, really needed it. There's a togetherness at Spurs now more than ever before. And I think a lot of that has to go down to Ange. Ange has done an amazing job. Well it has to be all go down to him, really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hundred and ten percent. Remarkable. I'm looking forward to watching the 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 Ange Tottenham Hotspur journey. I must say, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You know, second place. Oof. Wait, wait still, till they still, play the still, likes still, of still, Arsenal, still. Liverpool, yeah. City. I think they have the derby this week. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Huge game. 
uh, a way out Arsenal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to that one. So um, let's go from one extreme to the other. We we were supposed to do it in the first part. We didn't. Uh, it's a similar story to the Manchester United. Bournemouth nil, Chelsea nil. I watched Chelsea and I was just like, who are these people? Mm. They seem demotivated. I couldn't understand what the plan was. Um, is it that... Um, Pochettino has players who are just not good enough to execute the thing that he wants? Or I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think Poch needs more time. I think the DNA will, will take its time. Uh, he, he will learn the characters of the players. He'll, he'll, the, the players will learn him and his style. It takes time. But I do agree that I saw a team that looked like, or at least I saw players in moments that looked like oh, we're going to have another bad season. I felt that mm. too. And I'm watching, um, there was like a plethora of chances that Bournemouth managed to do some unbelievable blocks and I saw them dying to try to keep that clean sheet. Mm. And I saw, you know you know when you see a, see a player and they do a header or they do a shot and it gets saved or it gets blocked and you see that oh no that wins like oh gosh but give me the ball again I want to try again I didn't see that from Chelsea mm-hmm. I didn't see that even the Raheem Sterling free kick hits the crossbar did it go past the line oh it's a goal it's off so they kind of just like oh okay and they, they jog back uh, where, where is where's your passion yeah. where's your heart where's your pain you want to win we're five games in and you're Chelsea yeah, no, it almost makes you miss John Terry. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. That'll never happen. Okay, that's enough Chelsea talk. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Sean, I'll ask you. Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Liverpool 3. Game of two halves. Oh, yeah. I uh, mean, that first half was Wolves from the first game of the season against United. Pressing team. They frustrated Liverpool beyond belief. Flooded their midfield. Didn't give Liverpool midfielders time. And I wanted to say that aside from, you know, Neto having probably one of the best games of his career. And this, mind you, if you guys don't know, this is a guy who's come back from two ACL surgeries in his career already, and he's still pretty young. So to perform the way he did in that first half, I think he gave it way too much because in the second half, he was just, he was gone. Mm. His legs were gone. And Wolves will be wondering how they only left that first half with one goal. Matthias Cunha could have scored twice. There was one point where... He didn't know whether to head it, to tap it in, and he ended up doing a combination of the two and it looked horrible. <laughs> it's going to live on as one of the funniest moments of the season. And another player I want to call out is Alexis McAllister. Now, we all have said it multiple times last season. Outstanding midfielder, played really well for Argentina, played really well for Brighton. He had a horrid 45 minutes. And I think Jurgen Klopp saw it. The entire midfield of McAllister, Soboslai and Jones didn't work. They were getting destroyed and the big decision from Klopp was take McAllister off at 45 minutes let's bring on the DS let's stretch the game and that made it so much more difficult for Wolves that second 45 minutes was all Liverpool and honestly 3-1 is not a fair reflection it could have been way more for Liverpool in that second half mm. you know uh, Gigi you, you, you're you an advocate of the psychological and emotional dimension of the game mm-hmm. and that comeback I mean it was a whole Second half comeback. Is that just uh, the skill? These players have that skill. Is it? Is it the fact that they're just conditioned better? I, I was excited you threw this question to me because I was going to say I, um, I used to be really close friends with a player called Brad Smith, and he boomed in Liverpool under Klopp, and then he left to Bournemouth. 
And once I, we were away on a national team trip and I was asking him about Klopp. I was saying, how is he? How is and he was saying, he's like a dad to everyone. We all see, he's the kind of guy, he texts you on the weekend, he, he, you, you want to die for him. But when he criticizes you or when he drags you or when he, he does it in a really honest, open dialogue way. So I was going to say about the McAllister situation. I know that happening to a big signing that you just did and he's having a game where it's just not working and you drag him. He's the perfect coach for that. He's the kind of coach that that won't have a ramification next game when Mm -hmm. McAllister plays because he's the kind of coach that's take you off and say, hey, you're tired from the international break. You just haven't won today. It's all right. Sit down. Let's win this game. Don't worry. Relax. And that is, for me, the biggest uh, power that Klopp has. But then you say the other side. The team getting in the first half, Liverpool were... Pretty bad. W- Wolves were the much better yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was, try, I was, try, yeah. I was <laughs> choosing which adjective to go <laughs> for. Um, and then Liverpool came out and they win the game. They show so much character. And for, for me, that is... Your, we were talking about it with, with Spurs, but that's the belief these players have to f- continue to fight. The Harvey Elliott shot, all these things that you're continuing to fight, you're continuing to gamble, you're continuing to try. You, you don't have a fear of it going wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the psychology that Klopp brings. Right. And uh, meanwhile, Arsenal, yeah. um, they are won 1-0. Um, against uh, who was it? Everton, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I keep failing to get engaged with Arsenal <laughs> this season. Uh, okay, let's just look at the, the also-rounds, because we'll talk about City in a moment. Mm. We've spoken about Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal. The, uh, I mean, United, I don't think, are going to be in any... Uh, are they going to be... They're going to return to form, streak up the league? Uh, no. <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, likewise. So of the three I've just mentioned, who do, you, who do you see being very well placed moving along? Also, with the psychological dimensions you're talking about. Uh, three, Chelsea. Chelsea, uh, sorry, not Chelsea. Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal. Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal. Oh, man. Well, I'm so biased because I want to say Spurs so bad. I want to say Spurs so bad. But I'm obviously, I'm speaking more with my heart than my head. Um, But... You've got good players. Yeah, but Arsenal are still Arsenal. And even though what you're you're saying, they're they're predominantly the same group from Mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. You know, that's... That's in, it's the same reason why that Liverpool run went for so long. When you have success and you keep the you don't players. you keep the core players, players and you don't start spending like crazy, that uh, even when you don't perform at your best, you'll still win those games. So that's why I think for me, Arsenal will have of the three. Arsenal will be there. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll have to go for Arsenal as well. The thing is, just like what Gigi just said. The experience goes a long way. I don't think mm-hmm. Spurs have that experience no. as a team. They never have in the Premier League's ex- years. Yeah. But Liverpool look like they're back to form. But the thing is, they will have their off days like they did against Wolves in that first half. With Arsenal, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson said this best. You can play great football and you can win games great. But when things are going bad, that's when your real character shows. Mm-hmm. That Everton game, I know we're not going to go majorly into it, but... Arsenal huffed and puffed and huffed and puffed and they just couldn't find a way past Everton. One moment of brilliance is all it took and they won that game. 
those are the, the games you look back on at the end of the season and you go, wow, we actually won that one. Okay. okay. I guess that's what I was going to say. Like, I felt that I was watching quite a lot of teams there who, who had the stuff of champions mm-hmm. about them. And I was wondering which one do you think has the most stuff? But the answer is Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. West Ham is. won, Manchester City three. Um, it was good to see Haaland finally get a goal. Um, he tried. Uh-huh. and uh, But the Hammers took the lead. Uh, Gigi, um, say something new about Manchester City. You know, what's, you know what's so depressing? And I'm sure you both felt the same way. But you know what's depressing? You see West Ham score and you go, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cute. Good. Yeah, that's cute. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, Ariola, the keeper for West Ham, also hilarious name. Um, <laughs> he uh, had some unbelievable saves. It could have been more. Um, there's this um, chance where he does like a quintuple save. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, but then the inevitable happens. Um, Do- Doku, I don't know if that's how yeah. you pronounce his name. Mm. Brother. Yeah. That goal is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Is unbelievable. How do you stop that, Ken? Yeah. How? Yeah. How do you stop that? I well, you're the defender. You tell I, me. I, I, I sub myself off. That's how I sub. I, that's, you run away. Mate, that, is, that was just... That was sublime. Sublime. Yeah, sublime. The thing is, on Doku, right, because we keep talking about City in the highest possible way, their talent ID is, is crazy as well. How do you make a team that just won the treble even better? That, I think, is one, one of the most... Difficult questions for any of us here to answer. <sighs> Last season, we spoke so highly of Jack Grealish. Right now... He's not there. I don't think he can play. Mm. And, uh, what surprises me the most about Jeremy Doku only now coming to play for a big club is this kid was good like four or five years ago and no one brought him in because I was watching him play for the Belgium team and I was like, this 19-year-old kid is, is, is so good. And then suddenly his meteoric rise comes in and you see him play for City and you think he's been there for years. Mm. It's with ease. And mm. I think Pep's talent ID and whoever is in charge of their talent ID at City, they just hit the nail on the head. Perfect signings. Also, with Pep's, um, this present Man City team, it is very different from the one from th- three, four years ago. Yeah. He's changed, he's changed his style. And I, I never watched him at Bayern Munich or, uh, or much in Spain for that matter. But... Uh, He's, he's he evolves. He evolves, mm-hmm. and it's not even as if it's through necessity. It's like he wants to. It's like he he doesn't want uh, you to figure him out. Yeah. He feels like he's always uh, making sure that the pattern of play changes. The pattern of play changes and changes and changes. How do you form a tactic against that? Yeah, and so Sean, I'm going to ask you the, uh, the, the question that's going to hurt you, mm. uh, which is, I know you know. Alex Ferguson, he had a good run. He did very well. But actually, I think Pep Guardiola, in years to come when we look back, his legacy will actually be perhaps greater. Do you think? I think as a whole, for what Pep Guardiola has done for football in terms of his time in Barcelona, time in Bayern and his time in City, you look at it as a whole and you would say he is the greatest manager of all time. But if you're just looking at it from a Premier League standpoint, Alex Ferguson did it for 27 years. Pep Guardiola won't even go half those years. Yeah, but Ferguson didn't win for those full 27 years. He didn't win for three years, which was the first three years. After that, he constantly picked up trophies. And if, let's say, let's just say, let's just say within the next five years, right, let's give it a five-year timeline, which I don't think Pep will be there for five years. 
if he gets even close to the amount of trophies that Alex Ferguson won, sure. Okay. He's the best in the Premier League. Fine, he's, got, he, Premier he's League. got to stay in the city of Manchester for 20 more years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to throw. Oh, no, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk Champions League and well, the whole European thing here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back with myself, Cam, and uh, Giancarlo Galifuco and Sean Mahotra. Now I'm going to say it all the time. <laughs> and uh, apologies to the fans of the likes of Brentford and Newcastle and some others. Uh, we, we skipped you because we're going straight to Europe. Well, actually, Newcastle are going to crop up because in... When was the last time they were in Europe? Uh, the Fairs Cup or something? No, they were in, in the Champions League, I think, in 2001 or 2002. It's been a few, oh, 21, wow. 22 years since they were last in the Champions League. Oh okay. I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> I probably watched it. Um, so uh, let's look at the, uh, the Champions League, uh, not just through the, the eyes of the Premier League, but mostly. Let's start with AC Milan versus Newcastle United. Gigi, what can you tell us about... This AC Milan, they're doing okay so far. They're doing okay so far. Uh, five games, I think they've lost one, one, four. Um, lost one, one, four. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm interested to see Tonali play. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm always a, a mega fan when the Serie A clashes with the Premier League, because I come from an Italian family, and we love to constantly think that our league is the best. So. I'm is re- it though? Is <laughs> it? Is it? Uh, my Italianness <laughs> forbids me from responding to that question. <laughs> uh, so I'm really, I'm really, really curious to see. I think it's going to be a super exciting game. Um, I, I feel like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't watched all their games, but I feel like Newcastle aren't the Newcastle from last season. So I feel confident in AC Milan, and I don't know if you guys do the same uh, for for England, but. For us, like I hate AC Milan in the Serie A, but then when it comes to like the Champions League or Europa or Europa Conference, you must go for your country's team. I don't know if that's like kind of no, the same, I don't think but that that's happens. that's how I was always taught. So I'm kind of hoping AC Milan smack Newcastle. Yeah, I, I, well, certainly Sean would never do uh, support Liverpool. But <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear never. on that, hey, um, uh, Gigi just mentioned not the Newcastle of last season, and they're not really Sean. I think they've been rather inconsistent in terms of their performances so far. They they look still compact-ish in defense. It's going for it's the same issue as last season all over again. Where where are the goals going to really be coming from? Alexander Isaac blows Cole hot and then Cole Callum Wilson will come up with a goal out of nowhere when mm. he comes on. It's the inconsistency, I think, in the final third. In defense, I'm not too worried. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they got destroyed by by Brighton, but that's not a bad team to get you know, destroyed, by. destroyed by. But they, I think they'll be going into this game with a lot of confidence after seeing what happened to AC Milan over the weekend. Mm. I think they got smashed by Inter mm-hmm. in the Milan derby. Mm-hmm. So it will be... I think it's going to be two great defenses against each other because if you think about the Italian game, you think about how great and compact defenses are, right? And that's how I look at Newcastle's defense as well. So yeah. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. So that that would you'd love that, wouldn't you, Gigi? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's your kind <laughs> that's of bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're on fast. Uh, so ch- ch- you choose a winner or loser, Gigi. He's already said AC Milan. Oh, you're just saying that. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I am just saying that, but I'm, unfortunately, I can't not just say that. So okay, I'm fair enough. Um, let's jump on. Okay, Sean, Bayern Munich versus Manchester United. Ooh, ooh. I mean, they, they are in the same uh, a group as Galatasaray mm-hmm. and Copenhagen. Copenhagen. So mm-hmm. really, these two should progress. But the winner of this one will progress, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's such a tough one to, to break down because... Over the weekend, Bayern Munich drew 2-2 to Bayer Leverkusen, which is a very good team. Harry Kane looks like he's molded in perfectly into that mm-hmm. Bayern Munich team. United are reeling at the moment in a free fall of sorts. Many players missing. It's going to be another one of those situations where I think he's going to operate a, a system that just sits back and tries to play on the counter because you're not going to be able to take the game to Bayern. No way. At the Allianz Arena, there's no way mm-hmm. you're going to take the game to them. You do that, you're going to get smashed 6 7 nil. Really? Yes, you can't take the game to Bayern if you're Manchester United and there's that frailties you have in defence. United are going to sit back, try to hit Bayern on the counter-attack because they don't really have the most amount of pace at the back. Yes, mm. Kim Min-jae is really good. Yes, Upamecano is all right. Yeah. But if United can hit them on the width, that's the only way United can get a goal. But I don't see that happening. I think Bayern wins this game quite, quite easily, mm. at least by three goals in this game. Wow. Yeah. But, but I, you'd still see United progressing, wouldn't you? I think it's going to go down to the last game in the group. Oh. Honest to God, because I, I've been following Gala's uh, transfer window over the summer. Mm-hmm. They brought in 11 new players. And it's not to say it's 11 unknown players. It's 11 players from Europe who are pretty decent players. And they needed it for the depth for the, the Champions League, right? Playing in Turkey in Galatasaray is no small small yeah, thing it's, it's a, no joke it's, huh? it's a hostile environment and I think it's one that a lot of those United players may not be used to so that yeah. will be a curveball I, I, I know it's Galatasaray as opposed to Besiktas but uh, they're very noisy and Besiktas <laughs> Stadium I think playing a match against Liverpool registered the highest noise loudest noise ever created just by human voice yes wow that's incredible mm-hmm. yeah. Turkish and fans are it was actually great. It's actually damaging to your ears. One one Liverpool player was actually feeling faint because he was. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I remember the, reading the about this. Yeah. We played. Uh, we played uh, Turkey under twenty threes in that Crocodile Stadium, is that like mm-hmm. Sport? And there was like, it was all Turkish fans. Australia obviously didn't <laughs> come and support us, <laughs> and it was a very intimidating environment. So, when you say intimidating, are you? I mean, you're actually like scared, and you're making bad passes. You're you're playing badly. Um, it's uh, more like. When they score one, it feels like they scored five yeah. because they. It feels like now the crowd and everybody's on top of you, and they've motivated them so much. Instead of it being like, "Oh, they've got one. We're still in the game. We just need to get one back." That's the twelfth man, and their energy stays from start to end. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. insane. They must have really hard of hearing those Turkish fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Gigi, Sporting Braga versus Napoli. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is last season's uh, Italian champions, best league in the world. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really worried about Napoli. I've, uh, this start of the season has been, yeah, I'm just worried. The change of coach, the identity is not the same. Players look unhappy. Like uh, we drew with Genoa, and like this is teams we would roll over last year, and we wouldn't like we don't just win, we roll over them. Mm-hmm. We would hammer teams and we used to be the Mike Tyson of the Serie A first round knockout we would come out 
guns blazing. Ba, 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 ba. Finish. The second half, we smoked a cigar until the game was over. <laughs> Genoa went up first. I, like, I was watching this game baffled. Even the chances we had, they were half chances. Then um, he, uh, the coach takes Cavazzelli off. And Cavazzelli was the superstar last year. He could do no wrong. He would lose the ball a thousand times. We didn't care. Cavazzelli was on fire. Cavazzelli is angry. He's coming off. He's not happy with the coach. And for me, this is a huge issue. We are five games into the season. And this is already happening. So I know nothing about Sporting Braga. I know nothing about the strength of the team. I know nothing about their momentum. I know nothing. What I know is Napoli. And that's what scares me. What scares me is this season has started slow. Well, don't worry about because you're only in the same group as Real Madrid and, <laughs> and Union Berlin. That's what I thought as well. So yeah. nothing to stress about. <laughs> the stress of, uh, I mean, on paper, it should be Real Madrid and Napoli going up. But Union Berlin, um, have you done quite well? Uh, recently, and th- they are my team actually. But wow. yeah. Yeah, 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 and you guys just signed Bonucci. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just like I put my tick on them <laughs> and Marseille. And uh, so, uh, okay, obviously, uh, Sean knows everything about Sporting Braga, but I'm gonna <laughs> save his knowledge there for a moment and, and instead call upon his knowledge of the Dutch game Arsenal versus PSV Eindhoven. You were talking to me. Do you think PSV is pretty good? Last season, yes, I thought. This oh. season, I mean, that team has been been gutted <laughs> in terms of their players and in terms of their staff. I worry for them. The, the funny thing is when the draw happened and I saw who Arsenal were being put in the same group, it was very similar to the Europa League group from last season. And I was like, this could prove to be a very interesting game because Arsenal does have this tendency to struggle against Dutch opposition slightly mm-hmm. but I'm looking at that PSV team they've lost Madueke they've lost Gakpo they've lost Ruud van Nistelrooy who brought that team back up again after they were struggling for years against the likes of Ajax and the rest that team is devout of any confidence at this moment in time mm. I think this is the worst possible time for them to be in the Champions League yes it'll be great money for the club great exposure for the club but I can't see them getting Oh. Even one against Arsenal. Not because I don't think they have a good young core at the team, but I think that plays a contributing factor to why they cannot beat Arsenal at the Emirates. Yes, it's Arsenal's first time back in the Champions League in what, like seven years maybe, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But you look at that Arsenal team, Martinelli might be missing the game through injury, yeah. but you look at the amount of players that can come in to help them. Trossard, Jesus... Oh. Odegaard, Havertz. It would hurt me to say his name, but Havertz. You know, as a whole, that Arsenal team can still still beat PSV easily. Oh, okay. Well, uh, in a moment, though, short break, and we'll just uh, wrap up the European. Well, wrap it up. There were like a hundred matches um, here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. And welcome to part four of Just the Cakes with uh, me and Gigi and Sean. And now we're going to uh, wrap up the European things. And uh, very quickly, because we're going to talk about Kale City. Mm. Uh, let's uh, let's go with uh, Gigi, Manchester City, Red Star, Belgrade. Now you're an advocate of the uh, psychological dimensions. So Manchester City have been there before. They are the champions. They're going to win. Yes. 
Honestly, guys, don't bother watching. Man City are going to win. Game over. Okay. You know, as the season goes on, we're saying less and less and less about Man City. Just how good they are. How, yeah. What more can you say at that point? It's okay. when they lose that you start having conversations. Yeah. Like, how'd they lose? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Sean, Brighton. Brighton. In, in the, This is the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Brighton versus A.E.K. Athens. No, I know you're all over the Greek leagues. <laughs> um, are you? No. <laughs> but, but what I can say is, you look at the group they're in, right? It's yeah. them, A.E.K. Athens, Ajax and Marseille. I am a huge fan of Ajax since, like, I think the early 2000s. But the thing is, I think this is a great test for that Brighton team. I think at the, the end of last season, we were saying, like, what will the physical aspect do towards Brighton now that they're going to be playing Thursday nights? And this is their first taste of European football, I think, ever. It's going to be a great occasion for the fans. It's going to be a great occasion for those players. Will they rise to the, the, the challenge? And I think they will. They still got six players missing, but you know with Brighton and you know with Deserby, he's going to have something cooked up. I can see them scoring a few in this game but you look at the group as a whole it's a very exciting one for a neutral to watch mm. uh, but but I mean these are great names Ajax mm-hmm. and uh, Marseille they're fallen giants they're fallen giants though yeah. so we shouldn't be expecting Ajax of the I, I think anyone who's had a perception of Ajax over the last 10 years should stop and that includes myself because <laughs> that team is gutted beyond belief from top to bottom and I'm talking about as an institution Ajax is not the same anymore Right. And uh, so, Gigi, last year, Italian teams had a pretty good European yeah. run and uh, didn't win anything in the end. But rude. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I am Very trying rude. to remember. I am Very trying rude. to remember. Okay, thank you. Uh, so you've got, you've got the, the, the usual suspects in the Champions League, mm-hmm. uh, Inter, AC and uh, Napoli. Napoli. Mm-hmm. And then you have Roma who, you know, that horrible man in charge. <laughs> but um, do, you, do you see Italian teams, have they gained strength from this? Do you think they're, they're going to go on? Can I have to ask you first, what's your beef with Jose Mourinho? <laughs> yeah. What is your beef? I love it. What's wrong do you, with it? Do you? I find him entertaining. Yeah. He's entertaining, but so is like Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, what's the beef? I, I, I dislike the, the, the machismo that he has to bring into a club to say, you must hate, the, the world hates you, you must hate the world, love me. But you know why. Yeah, but, I mean, it works. But then what really did it for me was when he was second time around at Chelsea and the first thing he does was um, attack the, the female physio. Mm-hmm. His Chelsea's yeah. physio. That was just appalling okay. behaviour. And it, mm. and it was a sign of absolute desperation on his part. Yeah. He had no ideas anymore. It's just, I'm just going to pick on this person. Because okay. he just didn't know what the hell he was doing. Anymore. I agree with you there. It, it tended to, it became a, a consistent thing throughout every club he went to after that. Mm. There'd always be a player he would pick out. Yeah. 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 As always, a catalyst, yeah. Always. Yeah, and some of them come back and prove themselves to be okay, yep. at least. Sure, didn't you? Roberto <laughs> Carlos. So, uh, I don't know how he's doing at Roma. I, I presume they love him. They just mm. won 7-0. <laughs> yeah, they love him. They, they love him. And, and that, to be honest, that kind of dramatic flair is gold in Italy. We, <laughs> love, we, we love that stuff. Yeah. We love that stuff. 
<laughs> okay. So, yeah, he, he's loved. Okay. But do you think Italian teams are going to do well this year? Yes, I do. I think it's, this Serie A is getting better and better. Obviously, once again, I am biased, but from recent track record, it is getting better and better. And who should we look out for? Who do who, who, who you... You already said Napoli not doing so good, so... Yeah, but I have to say Napoli. Man, don't do that to me. I have to say Napoli. Okay. Or, or Obviously, you, Napoli the, first, yeah, and the, then... You'll hear my phone vibrate, my dad will be calling me, <laughs> chastising me. But uh, if anybody else, I'd probably say... Mm, Inter. All right. And anyone in particular we should be looking out for who will be joining the Premier League next season? Aussie, man. Ooh. Yeah. And Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the dream yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, my God, that'd be done. I'd be the happiest man alive. <laughs> okay. And uh, Sean, I mean, you know, we're jumping ahead here. Mm-hmm. We haven't even begun. But are there any teams there? Because you know some of these uh, teams slightly off the the the, the line for, line. For, for European success? Yeah. What <laughs> are you looking out for that you think? Like, I think West Ham has a great chance in... The Europa League, mm. I think they can go from strength to strength. They've hired well. They've got the right players in. You know, the expectations for them in the Premier League will be minuscule. Mm. It'll be... Avoid relegation. It won't yeah. even be avoid relegation. With that team they have now, it'll be, let's see if we can finish in a European place, maybe, kind of thing. Because they started the season well. Mm-hmm. And they won the Conference League last season. Now they're in the Europa League. They're gonna. They're the highest. I think the highest seeded club at, in in the Europa League. They should be aiming to try to win that. Mm-hmm. I think many a few years back they they lost in the semifinals. Mm. This is their opportunity to do a back to back. So you win the Conference League and then you go on to win the Europa League. It would be huge for them. And I I'm very convinced with the current crop of players they have, they can do it. And Sean is definitely right. When you feel as though you don't have to exhaust yourself in the league, you can focus on the cup, it cha- it changes everything. Well, we're going to talk about that in a mm. moment, uh, Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> so just to, just to reiterate then, so West Ham are in the same uh, group as Olympiakos, SC Freiburg and Baka Topola. Mm-hmm. You, you'll get a lot of these names that make you go like, what part of Europe are they from? What, di- what dish is that? That's yeah. a chocolate. That's yeah. a pretty. Yeah. That's a good chocolate. I've had that one, and uh, and very quickly, Liverpool against LASK. Where are they from? Oh, <laughs> beats me. But all I know is Alexis McAllister will be going up against his brother. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, against his brother. Perhaps. All right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Gigi. Meanwhile, here tough. on uh, home turf, KL City played three per home, and you were unable to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you were um, naughty. But <laughs> yeah. well, be clear, it wasn't naughty because you'd like stolen anything. <laughs> you, you were naughty in a footballing sense, in that you'd uh, been banished to the stands because of a red card. And and yet, uh, KL City won. Yes, and uh, just wave at me when I talk too long because I'm very passionate about my team. But they did really, really, really well. Uh, I'm so proud of the boys. Obviously, uh, seven games ago. Uh, we had a change in manager and it was a manager who was the whole identity of the club. He was. He was the biggest character. He was the biggest personality. It was Boyan Hodak and we were his soldiers. And he's left and now we've played seven games and won five. Mm. So I am infinitely proud of them, but more so because this time I wasn't on the pitch. And uh, obviously I play a role where I'm very vocal and um, I like to motivate the change room and motivate on the field and try to conduct and compose. And I watched other players in this game 
we we dominated in respect to chances. They had one or two big chances where Kevin Ray Mendoza, our goalkeeper, saved our life. But for the most part, we had the better chances. And I saw them, I saw my team band together and go again and again and again and again and again. And I was just very, very proud to watch that from outside because usually I'm inside. I'm, I'm the person trying to be at the front saying, you know, motivating everyone to keep going. We played really nice football for, <clears throat> obviously we're talking about the Premier League, but by Malaysian standard, we played very, very nice football. We played attacking football and we played, we're developing um, this ability to, I once heard Pep Guardiola talking about Phil Foden and they asked him what his best attribute was. And he said, the guy has no fear. He doesn't mind making mistake after mistake. He just keeps trying. It's water off a duck's back. Hmm. I'm seeing my team develop that. And for me, that's the thing that I'm so proud of. Because as a defender, you're always thinking about your mistakes. And, and speaking of uh, defenders and mistakes, uh, a red card was picked up along the way? Yeah, so my boy Kenny just uh, just took <laughs> after me a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it was an unfortunate series of events, to be honest. Um, uh, the left-sided centre-back had gone to press the ball and was he was it was 60-40 in his favour and the attacker kind of poked the ball and it went through his legs. And as it went through his legs, the striker was about to be clear one-on-one with the goal. And so Kenny made a massive sacrifice. But... Well, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Yeah. And how, who am I to criticise him when last round I did the exact same thing? Yeah. So somebody broke through from a crazy touch and I sacrificed myself. So <laughs> in the end, I, I came straight up to him after the game and I made sure that he knew but in the end, we have a clean sheet. We are going to Pahang 1-0. And that is majorly due to the fact that he sacrificed himself. So, uh, meanwhile, though, uh, the potential... Of, well, I mean, you still... There's a second leg. Yeah. And on the other side of this is uh, Slango. Yes. Versus Trungano, is it? Yes. And Trungano won. Trungano won 2-0. So, and no one saw that coming. Yeah. I can pretty confidently say that the feeling of the country thought that selling Selangor were going to roll them. And that was, yeah, that's going to be an exciting second leg. So uh, you'll be playing it in the second leg, which will be in Pahang. Yes. And, uh, well, good luck with you, with that. Thank and uh, depending you. on what the results is, uh, we're hiring a bus, we're BFM, we're going to go down <laughs> and watch you. I, I'm going to, I really hope I see you there. Yeah. And Sean, you'll be, uh, you'll be joining us uh, on the BFM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's driving the bus. Man, I'm driving the bus. The magical mystery Might not make it the Pahang, we're just saying. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do the, the Pahang uh, leg. Um, and we'll get there in time to, well, hopefully not watch Gigi. Uh, no, actually, you make me card. a promise live on air. I'll make this quick. No. You make me a promise live on air that if we get through to the next round, you must come to oh, the home uh, game. For sure. Oh, no, okay. yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's, promise? That's, everybody yeah. heard, everybody heard. He, oh, he said yeah. it. He said it. He said it. We'll promise. be there. Okay. We'll be there. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be with the, the, we will be the ultras. <laughs> yeah. And start a fight. And what, I mean, bring out what? a giant Australia flag. That's my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. Okay, okay. Dan, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, that brings us then to the end of uh, this week's show. And I, I just want to ask before we before we go. There's oh, there are so many midweek games uh, with the the. Um, European matches. Sean, are there any in particular that you're looking forward to? I'm not sure if you're looking forward to the Manchester United Absolutely Brown. not. Uh, I'm looking forward to the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the AC Milan and Newcastle game because you want to talk about two defences that will be going up against each other in a very technical way. 
that would be an exciting one to watch. Okay, and Gigi, you're it doesn't sound like you're looking forward to watching Napoli. Um, I, I agree with Sean. I'm really excited for the AC Milan-Newcastle game. Um, also, AC Milan have to rectify the recent performance. Um, but I'm I'm just, yeah. I'm I mean, just you're watching scared. Napoli in the Champions I'm League. I mean, I'm watching Napoli on. in the Champions League. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm hopeful. It doesn't I'm happen a little bit often. scared. I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit stressed. But that's <laughs> the game I'm watching. Okay. So, uh, well, thank you, uh, Giancarlo Garofuco. And uh, good luck with your... When is, when is the... Su- this Sunday. This Sunday. Thank you very much. Everybody who can, please watch it on Astro or um, support us and... Thank you very much for having me. Ah, pleasure, pleasure. And thank you, Sean Mahotra. Thank you, thank you. And to all the United fans out there, if you need a you know a shoulder to cry on or a supporters group, I'm right here. There's going to be a lot of crying over the season. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to regret saying that. And thank you to our producer, Daryl Ong, and myself, Cam Ruslan. Join us next time here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm Just for kicks on BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast From BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind Download the BFM app